My name is Ilan Haimov, and I'm a partner in the department head of the Profit Participation Group at GHA. Welcome to our podcast on today's global opportunities and challenges for independent film producers, which will include a discussion with two distinguished guests and friends, including Eric Harbert, a partner at the law firm of Raskin Gorham Anderson, as well as David Zanoni of Freeway. Eric focuses on complex structure financing and other transaction in the entertainment industry at his, at his law firm, while David primarily focuses on strengthening existing and expanding relationships and building partnerships for Freeway in North America. Welcome you both. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, wanted to get into my first question, and I believe David, you're going to answer it first and Eric will follow. What current trends do you see with independent productions in the U.S. and around the world right now? Yeah, so I definitely see a sort of a globalization of production, and that's that goes for both production companies in the U.S. as as well as abroad. People looking for ways to um, to cooperate internationally, and although it's in in essence is nothing new, this is an international industry, of course. But certainly the amount of, of productions and also the all over the board from big production to smaller productions, um, looking for opportunities in countries with uh, with incentives uh, or new countries where where the film industry is is started to grow. Um, I guess that's something uh, of the last couple of years and and maybe to a certain extent also pushed by relative recent developments like like COVID. Right for production, looking for all sort of ways to uh, to be completed, um, and that often means that people look abroad. And there are countries like Italy and Spain, who uh, after opening up after COVID, started to offer a lot of uh, of great incentives. And there are countries, for example, like Saudi Arabia, which is relatively new, which is opening up uh, big time. You know where a lot of uh, international independent productions are heading. Yeah, I, I would echo that. I think. A lot of production decisions in the last few years have been made based on either government incentives or anticipated labor issues. So starting with the pandemic, uh, I, I saw producers move quite a few projects to jurisdictions where there was a government COVID backstop, United Kingdom or New Zealand. And for at least a few of them, that sort of stuck and for the most part, that's still uh, those those jurisdictions and, and then broader um, jurisdictions where you have tax incentives uh, have kept them filming more overseas than, than the U.S. So partly COVID, partly uh, the anticipation of labor disputes, which, of course, we now have. Just to follow your, your points, both uh, the globalization, so the, the moving of production, uh, certainly overseas, is both beneficial from a local tax incentive standpoint, but it sounds like also overcoming some of the challenges in producing in some territories, whether it's health and safety measures that are could be significant in terms of costs or, or labor-related items. I think that's what I'm hearing from both of you. It's almost like you have to adapt uh, and survive through this uh, challenging times, as they say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I, I would add, actually, with respect to incentives, in the U.S., there have been a couple of jurisdictions that became more problematic to work with, especially for anyone financing an incentive. Uh, you know, there's one state 
that has uh, the, the 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 payment timeline has gone out to several years, and there's another state that reneged on a couple of uh, incentives. Yeah, so so let's dive a little deeper into this. And uh, and again, I, both of you are close to production companies and producers, and doing the best you can to help them navigate through this. Maybe, David, you can get us into this discussion. We're trying to get a sense of what will be one or two key opportunities that producers can take advantage of right now, and what could be one or two challenges that they're, that you see clients are facing that producers need to navigate through and get through during during right now, during this, this time. Yeah, absolutely, uh, uh, Elon. I think, um, um, first of all, there's the... Uh, the, the more general opportunity that the um, uh, the content consumption is higher than ever, also by the way um, accelerated to a certain extent by the by 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 the pandemic by COVID, uh, but I think an, uh, a more long term tendency. Uh, so that means there's a lot of demand, which means by default that there are opportunities, of course, to uh, to produce. And on the other hand, I think in terms of opportunities, the fact that all these countries that started to open up after COVID and discovered the value of, of audiovisual production, of film and television productions to, to reactivate their economies, uh, to reactivate tourism, partly because of that, uh, started to, to implement um, uh, in incentives or improve their incentive, incentive programs. Um, I think that combination um, offers a lot of opportunities. Examples again are Spain. Uh, I think they're very, um, very much ahead. Um, Mexico Wildlife is another example where we're working on and trying to uh, to improve infrastructure and to make the country uh, even more attractive than it may already is for to receive foreign productions. Um, so I think these two things together offer two opportunities uh, in terms of uh, challenges, the current situation, the strikes uh, that, of course, offer um, a big challenge. And maybe on the other hand, the fact that people have to go uh, or go abroad and have to 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 face maybe uh, jurisdictions they are unknown um, they're not familiar with uh, currency um, uh, fluctuations that's a serious uh, problem in Mexico with a relatively weak dollar and a strong peso um, so those could be the challenges I think as far as the challenge goes just from a hundred thousand foot level the challenge I see which one could say is always a challenge, but if you're producing independently, you are piecing together your financing from these different sources, you know, incentives, a bank or a private loan against pre-sales, some equity investors. It's really hard to produce distinctive content. And I think one of the issues we've had from the, the rise of the streaming era is there's been such a focus on volume of content. A lot of it is generic and forgettable. You could probably jump on one of the major streamers right now and find 20 things you had no idea existed and none of your friends have ever seen it, et cetera. So I, I think that's part of the challenge. And I also think it's a real opportunity. I like to be perhaps excessively optimistic, but I like to think the pendulum is, is going to swing the other way into some more distinctive content, distinctive films and television series. Um, but it's going to take some very skilled and creative producers to both figure out how to bring unique voices in this moment and do it on a real budget because, you know, buyers aren't paying what they paid 
two years ago. I just wanted to quickly add, I, I, I fully agree. And uh, another challenge uh, is obviously also the changing distribution models. On the other hand, what Eric mentions about uh, the sort of content available and trying to look for quality, to produce quality content, I think there's a big opportunity for local talent, for local productions. If we if we live in a globalized world, so we're, we're by our global opportunities, uh, but very often it's set in an in a local scenario, right? So you get these local sort of sort of content. It means that um, local actors, directors, talent, there must be a big opportunity for them to uh, to rise during these uh, these days. I was going to just close this this conversation around opportunities and challenges. I'm focusing on opportunities, and I, to the extent you guys want to share more, to me, Oppenheimer and Barbie winning in the franchise films, not winning. I'm not saying they're losing. There's still pretty significant uh, results, but creative and original content is winning, and this. It really is what drives, I think, and motivates independent producers to create something new and and uh, and original. That may be an opportunity. This could be a driver toward more more original content the audience is hungry for. And the other, which I think is interesting, independent producers uh, are not to say that they're not impacted by the strike, but they are able to maneuver through that through waivers and have the opportunity to perhaps hire talent they normally wouldn't be able to. And I think there may be an opportunity to take advantage of both. I just want to get your take on those two points before we move on to my, my final question. You're right, Alon. I think uh, maybe it's it's sort of early to predict, but but certainly, you know, independent productions are getting the wafers. And there, there may be this big opportunity for independents now to get the talent that they usually uh, otherwise uh, could not have uh, uh, afforded. On the other hand, with the distribution models changing, um, there's another challenge at the end of the day, right? Uh, and also to get the financing together for these sort of films. And, and Eric may be uh, probably able to uh, to confirm that. Um, that's, that might be the big challenge. Uh, so I feel it's a little bit too early, but certainly uh, if, this, if this is going to take longer, there's a real opportunity there. I agree. It's interesting. All, all of these different pieces here make me think of a conversation I had with a producer just the other day who is is putting together financing for a project. They've got a, a star attached who has a vacation home in a country that has an excellent incentive. And uh, I think they're bringing in somebody locally to direct. So all this will come together. Hopefully it'll be a very interesting film. And of course, they have to go get the waiver from SAG, which they're they're in that process now. That, you know, a lot of projects get getting waivers. From a financier's point of view, it's a nightmare to deal with that situation. Also, as a producer, you have, you know, I, I was talking to somebody this morning who just got what they refer to as a half interim agreement, meaning they got an interim agreement for casting the film, and then they'll revisit the process for the for the production interim agreement. But it's very difficult to get people to come to casting sessions if you don't if you haven't already gotten that casting agreement in place. There's a lot of reluctance. And then, as far as the uh, interim agreement for production goes, if you're an independent financier, you've got a lot of risk there because you you know those are generally being given by SAG close to the eve of production. So you're you're looking at cash flowing 
uh, a significant amount of money on something that might not move forward. Um, and then, of course, there have also been a couple of incidences of projects where the main SAG talent had said, yes, I'll make the movie, go get the interim agreement. And when the producers did that, the talent decided not to move forward due to the uh, optics of the situation. Painful time. So for producers who are in this process, I guess one of the lessons out of that is make certain you know your your uh, lead talent is really committed. And if you're a financier, you got to be willing to take a, a, a risk you might not normally expect to be taking. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I think uh, when it comes down to the details, right, it, it's not as easy as the opportunity sounds. I think that's really the point I think you're making. <laughs> Navigating through getting those waivers and working with the talent could be a challenge. I wanted to close with just one final question. To that producer out there who is going through current difficult and challenging times, but yet perhaps with opportunities, right? That, that, there's two sides to this. What would be one recommendation or one thing that you wanted to share that they can take away from our podcast? I would say um, explore or be prepared to explore opportunities beyond your uh, your comfort zone. Look, look abroad. Uh, figure out what's, uh, what the opportunities are, what possibilities there are. And uh, you might find a lot more than you would expect. And I, I guess I would add to that, be creative, both in terms of the vision for the project but it, and how you approach putting this together. There are, there are some good paths out there, even if it's difficult. Great. Thank you both. I, I really, really appreciate you sharing your thoughts, your experience, and, uh, and your ideas and recommendations. Thank you, David. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.